Welcome to the If I Had More Time podcast hosted by Mariner's Church. This podcast series invites you into a casual conversation with our senior pastor, Eric Geiger, and our teaching team to hear a few helpful insights and truths they wish they had time to include in the weekend message. Be sure that you have listened to this weekend's message prior to listening to the podcast to ensure you get the most out of our current series, On the Table. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome back to the If I Had More Time podcast. I'm Liz Powers, our content pastor here at Mariner's Church, and I am so excited to be sitting here with two best friends, Eric Geiger. Two best friends? (laughs) Two. You guys are best friends. Wow. Uh, There's actually a debate about whether or not we're best friends. Okay, so this is the story that we're we're So 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 this is so one time. Well, introduce yourself. Eric and I, oh, sorry, Ed Stetzer, so uh, scholar in residence at Mariner's. Yes. So one time Eric and I were talking, and I just said, man, I appreciate, you know, you're my best friend, and Eric said, well, you're one of my best friends. (laughs) So I just thought I'd get that out there. <laughs> Eric, do you have a statement? I, I have a very small group of best friends, and Ed is in that very small. And Eric is now in my small group of best friends, but no longer my best friends. <laughs> Title been dem- has been revoked. I've been demoted. <laughs> well, to be fair, we worked together, I mean, at Lifeway for, we had, it was five, six years together. Yep. I was teaching pastor for you at Christ Fellowship Miami for five years before that. Yep. But, but then, then, you know, you went out here to Mariners, and I went up to Wheaton, and yeah, Nashville's Nashville's in in our rearview mirrors. Yeah, it's crazy. I remember when I was in Miami, I'd bring you down sure. to teach. Especially, I was executive and teaching pastor, and then the senior pastor had that heart attack, and yep. he was out for like a year. Oh, dude, that was crazy. And, and so we were there all the time. You really helped and out. So, but so fun fact too is that when we went to Nashville, we used to go out to a restaurant. Oh, gosh. all the time. And Eric always complained because well, you'd pick one time, I'd pick one time. And I always pick the same restaurant. You pick the same one. So, Liz, I just got to tell you, <laughs> Nashville is a foodie town. It yeah. is. I, I mean, I, I love... But so, Buffalo is amazing. I love Southern California. <laughs> but na- and So I prefer Southern California, even from a foodie perspective. You have to say that because you're a missional yep. pastor. I'm a missional pastor, and I'm letting, letting my people exactly. know yeah. that I prefer exactly, here. Exactly. But Nashville's got great food. It does. But homeboy Ed... <laughs> He he literally only goes to the same restaurant. I, I'm a man of consistency. I What's like the to... Restaurant? Ted's, Ted's Montana, Montana Grill. Grill. Okay. Isn't that great, though? It's not bad. It's not bad. I respect Bison. It's better than, I thought you were going to say something like a, a Chili's or no, something. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. Applebee's. We go to Applebee's. We get thrown out of an Applebee's every Friday night. That's our goal. So good. Anyway. So, Ed, thanks for being, man, Thank here you, man. preaching this weekend yeah. and then also being our scholar in residence for six months. I'm excited about the Wednesday night cool. courses yeah, that you're going to be. Like, right away. Yeah. Yep. And you're going to be helping our staff, teach our staff as well. Um, man, I have so much respect for you from a theological perspective. You're, you're thinking about Jesus, the gospel has really helped me. But also people, I mean, I, I would tell people this because you never bragged about it. People didn't know it. But when you were a, a, a vice president at Lifeway overseeing all of the research and communications, as a volunteer, you planted a church. I mean, you're a... Man was a volunteer church planner, pastor, loving on people, preaching. You do love the church. That's why I'm really glad you're here. So in in the winter, let me just also yeah, so say how awesome it is. It, it is fascinating. At, at the time of recording this, there's five inches fell of snow, and we looked at our little ring doorbell. Just so I sent a picture to Donna of the five inches of snow on our front porch. And front porch being in Chicago. In Chicago. And you just preached a message on suffering, and yet you're walking away from the suffering of Chicago. It's true. Suffering in Southern California is relative. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, suffering is a you know I mean it's it's kind of a it's a universal truth because it's not. 
I mean, you know, we, you know, obviously you live in Orange County, sunshine, but all of us experience it. All of us walk through it. Um, it's, it's, it's a topic. And, and so when you laid out the series, I mean, I just want to say, all kidding aside, you have tackled and are tackling some very difficult topics. I think my topic is not difficult in its complexity, but in the pastoral questions that surround it. The, the complexity of it, and you, you are, you even teach a, a, course on a Wednesday night on sharing the gospel with skeptics. Right, sure. sure. So the suffering historically has sometimes been brought up from an intellectual standpoint oh, no question. as something a skeptic would wrestle with. Like, hey, if you're God, I think, was it Epicurus who said, if he's powerful, then he's not loving? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, how to explain if he's powerful, but there's suffering and more. For me, the historical thing that I point to is the Great Lisbon Earthquake, um, which is this earthquake, and it's a strange historical reference, but they're all in church when the earthquake hits in Lisbon. And so there's the earthquake and the stone buildings collapse what, what years and kill people. You know, I don't remember. Voltaire writes about it, so I don't remember. Okay, the exact so it's year. a long time. Yeah, ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Centuries ago, uh, you know, in the midst of the Enlightenment, and and so so the earthquake hits, people die in church, and then it causes a, a, a tsunami because it's right on the shore, that kills the rest of the people, and then a great fire that kills the rest of the people. And it re- causes the whole Europe to rethink a good and loving God. And Voltaire, and actually where we get the term theodicy, which I talked about in the message, is how do you explain these things? And so at the beginning of the message, I tried to give you know three kind of broad categories of theologically how we explain the world's broken. So tectonic realities are there because the world's broken. But it doesn't answer, and nobody can, and here's the challenge, we sort of want... Well, why now? Why this person? Why this situation? And on this side of eternity, we're not given the answers. So so for the weekend message, I both shared, here's why the brokenness is in the world, and we can put that in theological categories. But at the end of the day, sometimes you suffer without answers. Often you su- I mean, sometimes suffering is caused because we do stupid things, yeah. and there's consequences <laughs> to that. But um, but for me, uh, I came back to, my daughter got really sick. You remember this when Caitlin was in the hospital. Uh, and, and almost died, and she, and she didn't, and even some people listening have had children die. But I, I just remember thinking, saying, Lord, I don't know. My, you know, you, you, when you suffer, it's bad, but when you're, you watch yes. your child suffer. And she was in the hospital for, for a week, and they had all the, her heart was struggling, and it was, uh, made the national news. And, and, uh, and I just I, – I, I know this is a very strange way that Ed Stetcher thinks. I said, I said, Lord, I'm just not ready for my Lisbon earthquake. I'm not ready mm. for this. And I think none of us are really ready. So we can have theological categories that explain that the world's broken, but at the same time, we need to lean on the Lord. He doesn't give us answers, but he gives himself. Yes. And that is ultimately the pastoral answer that I tried to give this weekend. Which, which is, is beautiful. I mean, when you look at Job's suffering, oh, gosh, yes. his friends, they were best when they were quiet mm. and just there. And then when they start trying to... Oh, they were the worst friends ever. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting, you know, Job's probably the oldest book in the Bible, but, you know, based on yes. when they were written. And the, so the early question is, why is there suffering? So we see the suffering question throughout the pages of Scripture. And what's fascinating is, though we don't get an answer, the Scriptures, which are inspired by the Holy Spirit... Um, the scriptures are kind of unafraid to address suffering. I do love that. Think of the psalmist. Why, O oh Lord? I and love that. The answer is not, oh, here's why. I'm so thankful yeah. that our Bible's not chlorinated. Yeah, and sanitized Bible's not what we need because people suffered. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And, and then Job, 
God didn't answer him on why, but God, to, to your point, God did show up with himself. Yeah, and I would say, too, even the Job situation, he restores things. You may not see the restoration right. on this side of eternity. You know, how many people have have died unjust, or died not just unjustly, because that could be too, but just died for no apparent reason, and yet they never know. But here, so here's the, uh, the promise, too. You know, we do have an eternity, and, you know, I, I shared this weekend about the death of my sister, and I have, I mean, I assume that when I get to heaven, I get to ask the questions. I, maybe maybe when you get there, there's just not a need to anymore. I don't really know. Yeah. But on, I don't know. You know, and, and early on, as you know, people would say to us, you know, well, the Lord's going to use it for something good. You know, all things work together for good. But, you know, when you watch your sister die oh, in her early gosh. 20s of a horrible death of cancer, uh, you know, you, those, you don't need those pat answers. No. What I needed was just friends yes. who sat with me and my family and then I needed to ultimately get to the place where I could say, Lord, I don't understand it, but I trust you in the midst of it. But, but I would say that I, I, I do got questions, yeah. and I think it's okay. The psalmists have questions yes. in the Bible. People in the Bible have questions, but I still trust the Lord in the midst of those questions. And the people in the Bible had the questions, but what I love is they brought their questions to God. Totally. Now, suffering causes us to run away from God or toward God. Yeah. And I think that, and I saw that in my own family. And we actually see this, you know, studies point out that when people go, like when parents lose a child, um, the, the divorce rate goes up. Uh, people, they don't know how to respond in that, you know. So, because sometimes they'll draw together or draw apart. Tragedy draws us together or draws us apart from one another and draws us together or draws us apart from God as yeah. well. And I would just say, run to the Lord That's in the good. midst of your suffering. You will suffer. Yeah, uh, Everybody does. It's part. It's inherent in the broken system. Nobody gets through a broken world unbroken. There's brokenness all around us. Rush to the Lord in the midst of the suffering. Man, I, I remember when my wife's father passed mm-hmm. in case dad died. She was so um, bruised by some of the pat answers that yeah, people totally. gave. You yeah, know, totally. and just watching... The even the trite Christian answers mm-hmm. that were sometimes given, they just did not encourage at all. Right. And and Kay went through a dark period where she didn't even want to read the Bible. This is the first time in our married life I saw her go through that. And I and looking back, she says because she knew if she read the scripture, she would probably be filled with joy. Mm. And she didn't want to be filled with joy. Mm-hmm. She thought this is so. So sad, so yep. so broken, yeah. I, I that it would some kind of way be dishonoring, you know, to read the scripture. But but she weighed through right. that, she right. fought through that, and she said, "I started reading again, seeking God again, not because I felt like it, mm-hmm. but because I'm His, right. I'm His daughter." Right. And then He did, in time, turn her mourning, you know, back to dancing. And but there are some, you know, I would say <laughs> the the depth of our suffering, suffering too. You know, we might not want to rush to the Philippians, I can do all things through Christ right. who strengthens me. But, man, the Psalms of lament are powerful they in are. times of suffering. And I would say, um, you know, again, I, I grew up in a tradition. I came to, I grew up unchurched, but came to Christ in a tradition that everything was going to be great. You're going to trust Jesus. You're going to be healthy and wealthy. And, and I moved away from that tradition, but partly because of the death of my sister. But my sister, um, my sister's death actually led my mother to walk away from the Lord for seven years, wouldn't, wow. wouldn't go to church, uh, uh, was actually my stepfather's a pastor. And so here's a pastor's wife for seven years. Seven years, yeah. wow. And it was just such pain for her, part because 
of the question of my sister's death, part because the church didn't know how to handle, uh, and, and maybe we none of us really know how to handle, but didn't know how to handle that it didn't know how to handle a death for which it had no explanation. Man, that's really insightful, and I want to I want to press in on that for a moment because the and I want to give a definition the prosperity gospel, sure. which is if you, if that's a new term for you, it is the the belief that hey, if you follow Jesus, you will have no pain, totally. no suffering, you'll get rich, yep. everything will yep. be awesome, it's all over television. Yeah, it, there's a lot yep. there's yep. a lot of prosperity yep. gospel. Which is so opposite of what you read in the scripture. Jesus says you're going to have troubles. I mean, the apostle Paul is beheaded, beaten, shipwrecked. Yeah, Yeah. Peter, the apostle Peter is crucified upside down, according to church history. And so you you really have to put your Bible to the side to have a viewpoint of if you follow Jesus, everything's going to be awesome. Now you're not when you follow Jesus, you are filled with this inexpressible joy that He gives, that Jesus gives. But the 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 real problem with with the weakness of the prosperity gospel is exposed in suffering. Totally. Because then what, you follow Jesus for these things, yep. and now you don't have these things. Yeah. But when you follow Jesus for Jesus, you still have Jesus yep. in the middle of suffering. Yeah, and, to, and when you end up, like there are prominent churches that you know, teach that health and wealth gospel. And uh, I actually served and pastored down the road from one. And we would also, we would often talk about kind of the refugees that come to our church after they have suffering and they have no theological categories for it. And if you have no theological categories for it in your church, in this health and wealth kind of church, you couldn't comfort one another. Yeah. Because, and this was in a, in a lot of sense our issue, because we couldn't comfort one another because this wasn't supposed to happen. Wow. God was supposed to always heal because he always healed. Now, I wish God always healed. I've prayed, I've prayed for people, and on a couple, two occasions, I've seen a miraculous healing. And I've prayed for a whole lot of people who weren't healed and a whole lot of people who died. Uh, it's called a miracle because it doesn't happen all the time. If it yes. wasn't called a miracle, if you called it Thursday, it would be because it happened every yeah. Thursday. That's so good. I think ultimately we have to trust the Lord. Now, I still think, and, you know, at Mariners, we, you know, we have that extended time of prayer yes. this weekend. We have an elder prayer room. Exactly. And we still pray for the we sick. Do. And we will we'll anoint with oil those are required. We'll do those things because we believe God heals and God calls us to pray those things. But we also believe that God doesn't always, and yes. in the midst of that, He's still a good God. Man, two weeks ago, I was asked to go to the hospital of a couple in our church whose infant, um, born in the hospital mm. prematurely, mm. wasn't going to make it, right. and they wanted to dedicate the child yeah. to God. Um, it was a... The room was so heavy. Sure. Um, I remember this just a week ago, sitting in my Jeep and just, I'm just overwhelmed with the pain of it. Sure. You know, as you should have been. And I, I remembered um, other moments as a pastor. You know, when you're a pastor, you you, you don't always see these things, but mm-hmm. you see them and you get you get confronted with what you believe. Yeah. Um, there was a another time where I was in the hospital with. Uh, went to go see a husband and his wife, and his wife was about to pass. Um, he couldn't tell his kids. He he couldn't even speak. And he looks at me and says, will you tell my kids? Mm-hmm. His kids was a junior higher and an elementary kid. I'm, I mean, I knelt down and told these kids that their mom was passing. Wow. You know? Um, a couple months ago, Kay and I went to visit a woman from our church in the mm-hmm. hospital who— 
was dying of cancer. And um, we had communion with her mm. right before she passed, wow. like a day or two before she passed. And I, I walked out that day and I told Kay, I, I, these moments, to your point, suffering either pulls you away from mm -hmm. Jesus or pushes you closer to him. Yep. They confront me with, do I believe all that I'm teaching? Wow. You know? Yeah. But I do. Yeah. I, I believe that that infant child is now an everlasting paradise, sure. right? Sure. I believe that that mom, that when I looked those boys in the eye and said, your mom's leaving this world, right. but she's going to have no pain in a right. second to be absent from the bodies, to be yep. present with Christ. Um, this this sweet woman who we took communion with, Kay and I did, I... Um, I mean, the cancer had just like ravaged her, you know? Yeah. But we took communion, and I mean, I told Kay, I really believe that she's with Jesus because, not because we took communion, mm -hmm. but because of what communion represents. Right. You know, that Christ is, is the one who, who forgives us and reconciles us. And so suffering for me, even as a pastor, I mean, I love our people so much, so I hate, I hate when sure. I see the suffering sure. happen. Um, but I believe what we preach. Yep. I believe that on the other side of this suffering is a, is everlasting paradise, mm -hmm. and that that Jesus is even better than a, a, a perfect life. That mm -hmm. Jesus is better than prosperity, you know. And so I appreciate your message so much. It, it's your challenge to run to Jesus in the mm -hmm. midst of suffering. Is is the is the gold of the message? I think it really matters. I would say too, we joked at the beginning. You know, I'm, Chicago is freezing right now, yeah, and I'm here. I am. Here. We joke. I'm, yeah. I'm literally opening this message, yeah. like laughing, and now I'm just thinking, crying. No, dude, but I get it. But we we live in a place. I mean, I live here now for for months. Um, we live in a place. The vast majority of people who listen to this podcast live in a place that we have come to to avoid worldly suffering. Yeah, beautiful That's neighborhoods. That's true. Manicured lawns. Nice weather. This is is Pleasantville, and yet suffering still finds us. And it's behind so many doors in our neighborhood. It is that we don't even know that we yep. don't even know because we try to hide it from one another. We we come to church on the weekend. We yep. dress up. We make up. You know all this sort of stuff. And I would just say that um, that it is a rightful duty for a Christian pastor to walk through the challenges with the congregation as you have and as you do. And it's a rightful duty for Christians to acknowledge that suffering is here. It, it eventually impacts all of us. Run to Jesus in the midst. Amen. Man, thanks for being here. Thank you. For this a heavy, message. heavy conversation. It is heavy. heavy conversation. Um, so. You know, the reality is this life, whether, whether that we die as the infant yep. or we live yeah. to 85, it's still so short in comparison to the eternity that we spend that yeah. we spend with Jesus. But you know, we don't. It's funny because in churches like your church of mine, you know, our church, Bear Mariners, but just in general, we kind of moved away the last hundred years. You know, uh, everything before 1900 was terrible. I mean, it's just before electricity, before refrigeration, before medications, right? So people lived and they died and they were used to suffering. And the songs that come before 1900 are often about suffering and about heaven, the huh. sweet by and by. It's about like old school hymns? Yeah, roll, roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. But now we in live in a different... Uh, yeah, there you go, there you go. Uh, exactly. I, I don't, I don't, I'm going to let you sing. Uh, but the thing being is that because now 
we live in a world that is not accustomed to that. You know, you know, 1700s, very different world of suffering and pain and sickness. Um, maybe it's a good thing for us to remember that our short suffering here pales in the light of eternity in a yeah. loving and good God. And, uh, and hopefully that came through this weekend. Amen. That's what the scripture says. That I'm, I'm convinced that these momentary afflictions aren't worth yep. comparing to the glory that's going to be revealed. Amen. Thank you, Liz, for watching. I'm sorry, Liz. Two best friends. Old friends. It was a joy of my life. Yes. Not to watch best this. friends. So, among the among friends. The best friends. Some of the best. Some friends. of the best friends <laughs> in our lives. <laughs> oh, that was heavy. That was heavy. But I think yeah. it's important, and uh, yeah, and for some people, they'll need to come back to this topic. Yeah. A year from now, in ways they didn't expect. That's so true. Exactly. Be that is so true. Yeah. Exactly. It's so helpful because you're right. It finds us. It does find us. Even us. in the beauty of Orange County. Yep. Absolutely. Thank you guys both. Thank you, Ed and Eric. And thank you guys for listening to the If I Had More Time podcast. Thanks for joining us today on the If I Had More Time podcast hosted by Mariner's Church. We hope to see you next weekend at any of our congregations across Southern California or online. To view our service times at each congregation, be sure to check out our website at marinerschurch.org.